free from GP, Rantuck, Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets. These are voices for the people that don't get to speak. Issues, black news, the conversation's deep. Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat. iPods, Androids, or your laptop. These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie. Then came a long way from being homies on the block. From Afros and Braves, and now they at the top. You want facts? This is where I get them from. GP3 RTT at gmail.com. Send them feedback, and they'll be sure to send a response. I gotta go now. The show starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. GP3 round 137. Tommy B is in the building. Sounding a bit nasally, man. It's summer. It's dry. Ooh, man. The the grass pollen, whatever you want to call it, is kicking me, but I'm still hanging. I got my Dayquil. <laughs> Dayquil and me are, are good friends every day right about now. So hope y'all are doing well. Hope you're hanging, man. The temperatures across the country are just all over the place. I mean, here we've had a heat wave. I, I was looking a friend in L.A. who posts, and, and it's like, what, 60s and, and in the uh, upper, uh, I guess, the northeast there's some heat. I mean, it's just all over the place. There's no no consistency right now. So it's kind of hard to talk about the heat and y'all can relate to it. But anyway, uh, Tommy B, I'm here. And uh, again, round 137, man. And it's getting close, interestingly enough, to... I mean, we're heading almost uh, with GP3 into starting the fourth year, uh, ending the third year. Um, we started this thing back in 2016. And I haven't been talking about the GP3 story as much. When Rand and I were on it, we would do it pretty consistently but just FYI we started the podcast uh, back in 2016 of uh, August and um, basically we just did it myself Tut uh, and and ran um, you know Tut was on Charlotte Place ran uh, was on Elizabeth Place um, South Elizabeth I was on North Avenue we all grew up in the Grove Park community uh, attended Grove Park Elementary School graduated in 1977 and and Oddly enough, man, Grove Park still exists. A um, lot of, definitely a different community. A lot of folks over there. As a matter of fact, they had some festivities uh, this weekend. I didn't get over there, but bottom line is um, we all grew up and attended Grove Park Elementary School, and that's why the show is called GP3. stands for Grove Park 3. Um, this week, man, I'm doing it solo. Um, Tanya B is on hiatus this week. Hopefully she'll be back next week. She's doing some traveling, so uh, I'll have her back. Uh, but, you know, let's let's do some 365 Black. And before we do that, before we do 365 Black, definitely got a, um, a few shout outs. And, and first, man, let me shout out uh, Brother Bill Black, DJ Bill Black. Thank you so much, man. Um, I reached out to some collaborators on the show, DJs, whenever I reach out. You know, first thing they'll always say, well, what you going to do with my stuff, man? What you going to do with my stuff? So, you know, I reached out some DJs and I got that woman. What you going to do with my stuff, man? What you going to do with my stuff? 
And, and you know, so I'm like, ah, okay, I'm, I'm going to play it. I'm going to stream it, you know? So, you know, I don't hear anything back for a minute and, and you know, and put out more feelers. But uh, I hit up, man, DJ Bill Black. I said, Black, uh, DJ Bill, Bill Black. Hey, man, I need, uh, I need some mixes, man. I need to do some classic mixes, Memorial Day weekend. Hey, man, what's your email address? So I uh, give it to him. Boom. I got... I ain't gonna tell y'all how many, but but damn, a, a lifetime <laughs> of mixes sent to me via my email, man. So, kudos, man. Thank you so much, Bill Black, man. He didn't even think about it. Known him for a minute. Good cat, and and very few people still left who deliver the quality of mixes like DJ Bill Black, man. Good cat, hell of a mixer, man. And you can check out his stuff and support him um, at he is Bill Black. Dot com. I think he's got a Mixcloud uh, setup where you can check out his mixes on Mixcloud and also SoundCloud. So check him out. Again, big thanks to DJ Bill Black. The first annual Podge and Party Weekend went down. It was a big success. Uh, mix of favorite podcast and classic R&B and hip-hop mixes, man. It was, it was off the chain, man. And, and DJ Bill Black made it happen for me uh, every top of the hour. Uh, and we had consistent listening, strong listening throughout the weekend on castropolis.net. Again, thank you so much, DJ Bill Black. Um, we got to do it again. And, and I'm maybe looking at one of the other summer holidays. May not do it until maybe end of summer, maybe Labor Day. But it was it was big. It was big. You know, horrible things happening, man. Again, another shooting. As I take the podcast, as we take this thing, um, you know, we we're, we're kind of dealing with the aftermath of the victims uh, shot in Virginia Beach, uh, workplace shooting, disgruntled uh, employee wasn't fired, still had access, but uh, I'm not going to go into that story. I know you guys are hearing a lot of that right now. So, um, again, I, you know, thoughts and prayers. I hate to do that because. We should be, as a country, taking action when when these things. And I, I, I hate. It's almost like uh, it's on repeat whenever something like this occurs. So let's just, you know, again, call your congressman, uh, your representative, and put pressure on them to do something. We gotta. We talk about it, but it, it really is, you know, time to do something regarding, you know, gun violence. We gotta do something. Okay. All right, let's get into some 365 Black. Um, man, June 1st, um, Morgan Freeman. I can't believe Morgan Freeman's like 82. <laughs> I know y'all joke about his age and damn, he's played God so many times. Uh, but he is 82. He was born uh, June 1st in 1937. So this week we celebrate, of course, Morgan Freeman's birthday. Um, he will uh, always, to me, be easy reader from the electric company. If y'all go back that far, I, I remember him from the electric company. And he will always be easy reader. Easy reader to me. Um, one of the highest uh, ranking blacks in corporate America, uh, Kenneth L. Chenault. Uh, who was the head of um, American Express up until uh, 2018 turns 68. Uh, also, June 3rd, uh, Charles, Drew, Charles Drew, of course, uh, creator of, of Blood Plasma and, and so on and so forth, re relating to blood, African-American inventor and doctor, uh, scholar. Uh, Josephine Baker uh, was born in 1906. And of course, if I didn't mention it, Charles Drew was born in 1904 on June 3rd. June 4th, uh, we had Angela Davis uh, was acquitted of the murder and kidnapping uh, conspiracy. 
uh, charges surrounding a 1970 courthouse shootout in Raphael, California. That was June 4th, 1972. Uh, on June 6th, um, on June 6th, uh, Marion Wright Edelman was born in 1939. You probably heard her name uh, as, it regard, as it relates to uh, the NAACP. And also she founded the Children's Defense Fund uh, back in 1973. And of course, June 7th, y'all. Y'all know it's coming. Prince, the birthday, June 7th. Nikki Giovanni on June 7th. Gwendolyn Brooks on June 7th. And of course, yours truly on June 7th. It's just a June 7th Gemini holiday. And also, you can't believe it, man. Allen Iverson, June 7th, and, and singer Tom Jones. Gemini season, y'all. Gemini season. Hey, uh, again, we didn't do the... Um, not going to do sipping the tea this week, but I will let y'all know I saw... Uh, I went to the movies, man. And, and I haven't... I have not been going to the movies. Not been going to the movies lately. I started a new, um, a new assignment, and it's been kicking me hours-wise. But I had the chance to go see Rocket Man in an empty theater. <laughs> I felt like I was doing a screening. And, you know, all you got to do, go see a white movie in the hood. You know, everybody else was going to see Ma, and I'm watching Rocket Man. So go figure. Um, good movie, though. I will say um, it, it's not for everybody. Uh, it is an R-rated biopic in the summer and a musical. So all around... It's really an interesting mix to drop during the summer when everybody's dropping these huge blockbusters. Blockbusters, but again, it's Elton John. So Elton John himself, you know, is is uh, he's you know, he's a big cat. He's he's you know he's a blockbuster. He's um, one of the top musicians of all time, rock star, pop star, just overall. Um, it stars uh, Taron Egerton. Y'all know him probably if you've seen the movie Kingsman. Uh, one of my favorite new action flick series. Uh, I did not know, wasn't sure if he could pull it off. And, and actually he did. I thought he was really amazing. Had no idea he could sing because uh, you would think that they were going to just use Elton John's voice singing. But actually, they used hissing with his with the Elton song, so it really made it authentic. The uh, casting was amazing. Uh, even Elton as a child, Bernie Taupin, and if y'all don't know Bernie Taupin, Bernie wrote Elton. Did, well, Bernie did lyrics. Elton wrote music. Um, they do a, a film comparison at the end of the movie and show the actors versus the real life scenes, which they really tried to, um, with Elton being the executive producer, they tried to duplicate those scenes and they did a side by side, man. And it was pretty incredible. So I, I've kind of been, I'm into everything musically, rock, pop, hip hop, R&B, you name it. And I got Elton's um, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, like fourth, fifth grade. And that album is still one of my all-time favorites. And, and it's up there for me with um, Songs in the Key of Life with by Stevie. It's one of the best, greatest albums of all time. It's one of those albums. And... Um, but but the um, story, man, of Elton John, you'd think it would be one of these happy stories. It's tragic and uh, tragic in a way emotionally. Um, 
tragic. Um, as a kid, he, he didn't get love. And I'm not going to go into the story and spoil it. Some of you know it, some don't. Um, if uh, And candidly, I guess in some cases, if not for his grandmother, he probably wouldn't, would, wouldn't be who he is today um, because he just wasn't getting what he needed from uh, his dad or his mom. Uh, he struggled with everything, uh, his self-esteem, his sexuality, uh, his gift, his talent. Um, but uh, his gift was so amazing. You know, he, he transcended everything. Um, and also, if you're familiar with Elton John, the process of creating, you had Bernie Taupin, who really wrote the lyrics. And Elton wrote the music, so I'm glad they really went into depth, went in, uh, in depth in explaining that because in the beginning you never knew what Elton and, and Bernie how their relationship worked because you knew Elton kind of had this thing, you know, his sexuality, and, and you didn't know if they were lovers. Or you didn't know, and and it really clarifies the fact that they were business partners, they were collaborators, they did lyrics, he did lyrics, and and Elton did music. So um, it, it's, it is out, um, you know, dropping over a weekend um, that, you know, uh, a musical, an R-rated musical, uh, you know, which I mean, like a musical like bursting out into song kind of music with, with dancers and kind of, you know, that kind of thing in the summer is, is really a risk. It, it's a risky Risky um, drop, but you know, again, because it's Elton John, it's probably going to work. Um, and it's up against Ma, which, uh, candidly, going into, uh, 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 I mean, it was Ma was packed. It, it, it's going to have a good weekend, especially among black audiences. It's the movie. Uh, Godzilla is going to do well, and you still got Aladdin out there coming off of a of, of pretty big weekend. So it's a gutsy move for Elton, uh, Elton John and his crew, because he's executive producer. Um, and it is, again, if you go see it, it's a very raw flick. Uh, the visuals, the emotions, um, you know, if not, again, for being a musical, I don't know if I could have watched it based on the emotional depth and transparency and trauma that exists that existed for him growing up as a kid uh but the bottom line though i will say it works again it's not for everybody um but i think you'll if you if you know you appreciate uh elton's music and you if either you grew up on it or you know it today and you've been listening to his old stuff and you're kind of in search of the truth of what's behind the stories that existed throughout the career, throughout the years. Uh, it's worth going to see uh, again. Uh, I think because Elton John actually executive produced the film, uh, it doesn't sugarcoat anything. Uh, it, it ain't like this big far faux tra- uh, presentation. It's very transparent. Uh, and I recommend it. And if you go in the hood, you'll be the only one there. <laughs> you'll get the theater to yourself. But anyway, um, that's out. Uh, Rocket Man. And uh, y'all need to check it out. All right. All right, y'all. Let's do some headlines. Syracuse Mike. Here you go. Let's go, Mike. In Tokyo Monday, President Trump said despite recent missile launches by North Korea, he is happy with how things are going with Japan in their dealings with Chairman Kim. All I know is that there have been no nuclear tests. There have been no 
ballistic missiles going out. There have been no long-range missiles going out. Mr. Trump also pressed Japan's prime minister on Monday to even out a trade imbalance with the United States. Veteran first baseman Bill Buckner has died at the age of 69. Buckner played for five different baseball teams. Unfortunately, he will likely be remembered most for what happened when he was with Boston in the 10th inning of Game 6 against the New York Mets in the 1986 World Series. A ground ball went through his legs. That error allowed the winning run to score for New York. Mets ended up winning the series. Netflix becomes the first major studio to make a statement in reference to Georgia's anti-abortion bill. The streaming service is vowing to work with the ACLU and others to fight the heartbeat abortion bill signed by Governor Brian Kemp. The Motion Picture Association of America has taken a wait-and-see position since the law may be struck down in court. The MPAA also represents Netflix, which produces several productions in Georgia, including Ozark and Stranger Things. For the first time in two years, we finally heard from now former special counsel Robert Mueller. The man behind the Russia investigation said his report did not completely exonerate President Trump and said no charges were brought against the president because of existing Justice Department policies. He made it clear he has nothing more to say about what's in his report. It contains our findings and analysis and the reasons for the decisions we made. We chose those words carefully, and the work speaks for itself. Mueller also addressed the issue of alleged obstruction by Mr. Trump. If we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. Later, the president tweeted, nothing changes after Mueller's comments. And White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said, We consider this case closed. He completed his investigation. Now he's closed his office, and it's time for everybody to move on. Although Mueller never used the word impeachment in his statement, Senator Kamala Harris, who is seeking the Democratic presidential nomination, said on Twitter what Robert Mueller basically did was return an impeachment referral. Wednesday, Mueller also resigned as special counsel. Pressure to move toward impeachment is growing after now former special counsel Robert Mueller spoke for the first time in two years Wednesday. Mueller said his Russia investigation report did not completely exonerate President Trump and added that no charges were brought against the president because of existing Justice Department policies. Now several Democrats running for president are weighing in, like Kamala Harris. I would suggest that he told us enough to interpret what he said as a referral for impeachment proceedings. And Beto O'Rourke. He's demanding that we do this now or forever lose the opportunity to act. O'Rourke on CBS. Democrat and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi says it's still too early, but suggested Mueller should testify before Congress. Louisiana's Democratic governor says he will sign a bill to ban abortion when a fetal heartbeat is detected. The Louisiana bill was approved on Wednesday by a 79 to 23 vote of the Republican-controlled Louisiana House of Representatives and had already passed in the state Senate. Also yesterday, Missouri's governor renewed his intention to close a Planned Parenthood clinic and become the first state without a medical facility that performs abortion. Mexico's president is urging President Trump to back down from threats to impose tariffs on its exports to the United States. Mr. Trump said tariffs starting at 5% on June 10th would go into effect because of a dispute over migration that could create a major economic shock for Mexico. Those tariffs would go up to 25% if there's no slowdown. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said 
It's all about Mexico enforcing its own immigration laws. They can stop these massive caravans from coming through their country into ours. And what about the economic impact? Sanders says the focus is really this important issue. The president is concerned about national security. The reaction on Wall Street has not been positive. Singer R. Kelly was charged Thursday with 11 new felony counts of sexual assault and abuse that could send the singer to prison for 30 years. The Chicago Sun-Times says Kelly was indicted by Cook County Grand Jury on four counts of aggravated criminal sexual assault, two counts of criminal sexual assault by force, and two counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse. He was also indicted on three counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse against a victim between the ages of 13 to 16. This is connected to a 2010 crime. Kelly's attorney, Steve Greenberg, said via Twitter that R. Kelly was not charged with a new case. He was recharged in an existing case. Add Walt Disney Company to the list of major film studios considering leaving Georgia. CEO Bob Iger said it would be very difficult for his company to keep filming in Georgia if the heartbeat abortion law takes effect. Well, I think if it becomes law, uh, it'll be very difficult to produce it. I rather doubt we will. I think many people who work for us will not want to work there. Disney movies filmed in Georgia include Black Panther and Avengers Endgame. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Um, just a couple of things, y'all. Um, again, I just remind you, um, the distractions are, are just ridiculous. Um, this week, I mean, the, the stuff that's going on with North Korea, Japan, uh, how can I say it? The, uh, the heartbeat bill stuff, um, Mexico, the tariffs, all, in my opinion, distractions away from the possibility of impeachment. I think Robert Mueller said it all. His, um, him saying what he said clarified, the, uh, you know, it clarified it enough for me. And um, William and Barr and 45 and uh, Huckleberry, Huckleby, um, all the spin they do can't spin the truth in his words. Bottom line is they could have <laughs> they could have indicted him, but the only reason they didn't is because of the fact that he is president. President. And you can't indict a sitting president. That's that's constitutional. If that situation did not exist, he'd probably be indicted. And so, you know, we'll, we'll just I, I don't want to say wait and see, but but I do believe that Congress does have to act and the waiting it out is going to be remembered in history. I think bottom line is, um, you know, as I think Mueller did say, I mean, you know, the, the onus is on is on Congress right now. So Congress has to uh, make a decision, either do it or not make a decision and, and announce it. Step out and do it. Be courageous. Have courage. Got to do it. A um, couple of other things. The Netflix, um, Disney, possible pullout of Georgia um, could be devastating. And, and let me say this. Atlanta's going to be fine in all this. Who won't be fine will be these small towns who benefited from movie business. And they have. So when you look at the smaller towns that have gotten business because of um, the shooting of, of movies, TV series uh, around these small towns that never got business before they woke these towns up, they're going to go back to sleep because the majority of companies who come to Georgia will always go to the metro area. 
the films are more flexible because they need they need land. They need area. They need to go be, be in a position where they can go in and create sets. And um, I think the small towns are going to suffer if uh, if this heartbeat bill basically uh, is approved in January. Uh, it is going to be met with uh, court. Uh, basically, uh, it's going to be uh, the uh, ACLU is uh, is actually fighting it. Um, and there's a possibility it may not uh, stand up in court. But bottom line is, uh, again, uh, the small towns are going to the ones who support it. Uh, Kemp are the ones who are going to actually suffer from this the most, in my opinion. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. You, you know, you've got Louisiana, the heartbeat bill, which is is going to be a, a knockoff of what's happening in Georgia. Uh, the R. Kelly charges uh, kind of surprised me. More charges coming out this week. And uh, I do think that this is going to lead to prison time for him this time. So we'll see what that comes out. We'll see what comes out of that. And uh, we'll take it from there. All right. But thank you. Thank you again, Mike. Thanks for the headlines. Hey, y'all. Um, thanks to big thanks to Millennial Nick for this next story. I'm going to post this on the uh, podcast page. It's from uh, WBEZ and NPR. And, and basically the story. And, and I think not just in Chicago, but I think this occurred in a lot of black metros where you had these almost rent to own type housing situations where people weren't benefiting from equity in mortgages and they were cheated for million for, for 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 all these years 50s and 60s and we're talking billions billions with a b in terms of the amount of money if you if you equate the money the equity that they did not get that they were that was stolen from them it would come out in today's numbers to be i guess what they said 3 to 4 billion or more so the full story I'm going to post on the podcast page, but I want you guys to hear a little bit of this. And this is from WBEZ. Uh, they're an NPR affiliate in Chicago. Now we turn to the results of a disturbing study involving African-Americans, Chicago and housing. When you think about buying a house, you might think about going to a bank, applying for a mortgage and getting a house. Not so for black Chicagoans in the 1950s and 60s. Most of them had to buy homes through what's known as contract buying, a predatory practice that gives the illusion of home ownership. Now for the first time, a new report published by the University of Illinois at Chicago and Duke University calculates how much black Chicagoans lost because of the practice. Earlier, I spoke with WBEZ's Natalie Moore about the report, and she started by breaking down what contract buying looks like. It works like this. A buyer puts down a large down payment for a home and makes monthly installments at high interest rates. But the buyer never gains ownership until that contract is paid in full and all the conditions were met. Meanwhile, the contract seller holds the deed and can evict the buyer even after just one missed payment. Contract buyers did not accumulate equity in their homes and no laws or regulations protected them. This study shows that three to four billion with the B billion dollars were lost in today's dollars because of that practice. The study also notes that between 75 and 95 percent of homes sold to black families in the 1950s and 60s were sold on contract. So if you would, Natalie, unpack what this kind of all looked like. Why did these black families get basically cheated out of all this money? I would say desperation and racism. 
1948, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down racially restrictive covenants, and for decades that blocked access of African Americans to white communities. When black families started to move in, white homeowners got scared, and real estate speculators and contract sellers preyed upon that fear. So what would happen is contract sellers, who sometimes were realtors, they stoked that fear by getting whites to sell their homes below market prices, purchasing them for themselves, and then offering them on contract to black families. A white home could be sold for $12,000 and then weeks later sold on contract to a black family for $22,000. And of course, Chicago remains an incredibly segregated and unequal city. Do we still see some of these lasting effects from these predatory contracts today? Absolutely. I would frame it in terms of toxic inequality that's racialized. These families lost billions of dollars in wealth. They did not get equity in their homes the way that white homeowners did after World War II through conventional mortgages. If we also look at these neighborhoods on the west side, uh, North Lawndale, East Garfield Park, West Garfield Park, we look and we see the disinvestment that's there. We look and see how the housing crash affected those neighborhoods. Contract buying is definitely a part of that. So as we mentioned, this is the first time this kind of study has ever been done in Chicago. What do the study authors want to do going forward? One of the researchers told me if this is an academic paper, then we have failed. They want people to understand the history so the city can move forward. One of the people I talked to was Jack McNamara. He's 81 years old, and he's been organizing to help homeowners on the west side going back to the 1960s. And here's what he had to say. With this amount of money legally stolen from the African-American community in a very short time of 20 years, that's a debt that we owe to the African-American community and something for which we should make restitution. I should note that this report is not a policy paper that gives recommendations, but restitution is something that a lot of the studies, researchers and authors are saying. They don't know what that looks like, but they want the conversation to continue. And actually, there's a forum going on today at the Federal Reserve about this report. Hey, I promised you all also that we'd be airing uh, Rob Redding's news review Rob did a story this week, uh, several stories to recap his week, uh, and one is on Dr. King, and I want you to hear it. Uh, pretty controversial. Air, uh, it was actually in the uh, AJC as well, Atlanta Journal-Constitution paper in ATL. But check this out. This is from Rob Redding. This is shocking to me. Martin Luther King laughing at a woman that's getting raped? Shocking. Okay? That's sick sick it's inexcusable and this claim is going to need some real justification and you can sit up here and you can say well rob mm, you know it's it's an obscure story i i can't believe that it happened and i'm not sure about that all i can say is the allegation itself is very damaging i'm not sure what the king family is going to do about it it's out there. They better sue if they don't believe it's true. This better. This guy better have some receipts on this, really. But that is shocking shit. I've seen ministers do all kinds of shit. All kinds. So have you. Was told about it before I saw it. Coming up as a kid, was told that I don't leave you alone with ministers because I don't trust them. All right? That's what my dad told me. I don't leave you alone with them because I don't trust them. They'll fuck anything that moves. They'll fuck girls. They'll fuck boys. 
And that's always been the case. It's not just the Catholic Church, it's the black church, it's every damn church out there. Now we see with Bishop Eddie Long and the and, you know the, the Catholic scandal, that's just the way things are. This quote unquote deviant sexual behavior. But what it really is is that parishioners come up to you and they really just want to have sex with you. That's what that is. Is if they want to make this connection. It's the same as a movie star. They see some fucking movie star. I, I got more as, and it, that's just the way it is, when I was a DJ than anything else. People would come up to me all the time. At the time, I wasn't even I wasn't even really interested in half of the people that came up to me, but sometimes I'd sleep with them. It just didn't make it, it doesn't make a deal difference. It just depends on whether, uh, I don't make a big deal of it. It didn't really make a difference. It just depends on whether I thought the person was attractive enough. So I understand and I get it. But at the same time, when someone is not willing to give something that they have to give permission for, and you're laughing about it, and you're witnessing it, that's not right. When you take that position that you have in terms of fame, and you lose your compass, and you see someone who is being humiliated who is being violated is the word that I really need to use and you find that humorous that's in no world the gay the straight the black the white the world of Catholicism or the world of the Baptist church is wrong and it's shocking and it's sick and I'll say it and this story has all types of problems it's literally on the internet and I wanted to talk to you about it today because it was shocking as shit to me alright y'all don't forget go to um, I'm gonna make sure again always bookmark the um, presidential uh, candidate information as more candidates are doing town halls go check them out go to uh, ballotpedia.org. That's ballotpedia.org. Uh, check out the presidential candidates. I'll make sure I have the, uh, I'll keep that on our podcast page. So check that out. Also go to castropolis.net. Everything is there. Um, that's including uh, our, our good podcast uh, contributors and collaborators. You can stream them uh, on castropolis.net um, around the clock. Also, you can stream us every Sunday. And of course, we also have a position. You check out castropolis.net. You'll see the full schedule. Uh, follow us on Instagram, GP3Homies. We're on Twitter, HomiesGP3. Also, uh, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Podbean, TuneIn Radio. And uh, just search GP3Homies from the block. We're there. Support us on Patreon. The link's on castropolis.net. And with that, y'all, show number 137. I know it's short. We'll be back um, in full bloom <laughs> next week, hopefully. Um, but uh, I'm glad y'all enjoy your summer. I know a lot of folks are going on vacation, man. School's out, graduation's done. Uh, so I'm keeping it brief for y'all. I know you're traveling. So just appreciate the support. Thank you so much for hitting us up. Numbers are solid. I appreciate it. Um, next week, uh, we'll have Sanyu Estelle back. I know she's traveling in New York. Hey, hey, Sanyu. And with that, number 137 is in the can, and we are out of here. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 413 556 
1546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SB the G, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.